0: You're listening to a podcast from Blogging Heads TV.
1: Hi, welcome to Culturally Determined on Blogging Heads TV. I'm your host, Aria cohen and my guest
0: is Daniel Kaufman. Uh, Dan, could you introduce yourself? Hi, Aria. Yes, I'm Daniel Kaufman, professor of philosophy at Missouri State University. I also host the Sophia program on MeaningofLife.tv and um, uh, publish an online magazine called The Electric Agora. Uh, I am Aria's most often repeated guest, and now I've done more research. I went back into the archives before this show happened. I think we did like five of them before the show happened. So I... um, I'm waiting to be unseated, right.
1: <laughs> yeah so, so we had some dispute about who was the most who was the guest who's appeared on this program the most and um and now I think yeah you know, like you're you're uh you know you're gonna have the throne for a long time unless so, so something kind of r- drastically changes, so we're coming together uh to once again talk about star wars uh we discussed uh after after the the uh, Force Awakens, which was the uh, the kind of rebooted resetting of the Star Wars universe that came out in 2015. We talked about that. And then I think last year, actually, we talked about some of The, uh, the Last Jedi and the two kind of side movies, uh, Rogue One and uh, Solo. Um, so we figured we would come together uh, one more time, maybe the last time, but who knows, with the Star Wars universe, um, to talk about the film that just came out, um the rise of the rise of skywalker a kind of almost forgettable um title actually because i thought it was the return of skywalker when i was typing it into google but it's the rise of skywalker and i think why don't we talk a little bit at the beginning in a spoiler free discussion of it and just talk about our general thoughts and then maybe we could get into a more spoiler spoilery discussion of the movie um which does have some twists and turns and some big surprises uh so okay what did what was your general impression of of the movie
0: Right, so ultimately, there's no way to really critique the movie in a coherent way without spoiling it, but I can at least initially give some pr- impressions I have two I, i've I, I have a pretty negative reaction to the film um and and I have two basic basic reasons for being negative. One is just the the construction of the film itself. I thought. Was very reminiscent of a not greatly written video game. I almost felt like the different parts were like levels thrown into a video game just to stretch out the 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 time of the um, to stretch out the time of the film. Obviously, to cash out that complaint, I'll have to give spoilers. So I won't I won't cash it out now. The other complaint I have is more along the lines of the theme of your program, Aria, and that is that I thought that Last Jedi clearly defined this three three episode reboot arc as a kind of a passing of the torch to a new generation of young millennial and Gen Z fans. And did so in good part by by expressing the ethos of those generations within the the, the sort of the, the the universe of Star Wars and within the story of these characters and what happens to them. And while it's not my cup of tea, because that these are films for young people I do think that that's appropriate, uh, right? And so I said at the time, and sort of like, "Well, this is sort of a thing where I don't really like it personally, but I understand that this film is trying to create grounds for new generations to enjoy this this universe." I think last uh, I think Rise of Skywalker kind of messes that all up and leaves this last three movies without a kind of coherent, um, uh, without a coherent sort of uh, theme or a coherent sort of um, uh, place. In the Star Wars universe, so that's my other reason for being unhappy with it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I would I would say I, I coming out of it, I thought I would give it like a, a B minus or so. Um, parts were okay. The act, you know, the acting was good. It generally looked good. Uh, there were parts. That, there was a lot of fan servicey parts uh, put in there. Um, you know, little moments to make the. Hardcore or somewhat, you know, middle core fan smile. And, um, so it has, it has some good parts, but yeah, there are a lot of problems, uh, a, a lot of, you know, kind of, maybe a retcon or changing the rules of the Star Wars universe as we understood them before seeing it, which pisses, pisses off the fans. Say and what a retcon is because – Retroactive not continuity, special- kind of like you know, saying, oh, it was always like this, like, you know, but really you're introducing a, a new change or something. Um, and yeah, and I agree. It had a – it seemed discordant. Well, actually, I mean, all – I guess all three of these, this new iteration of the films ha- were were discordant, which was kind of weird because J.J. Uh, Abrams directed Force Awakens and this one. Uh, but this one was very different than Force Awakens, I thought. Um, and, and then Last Jedi had this – had a different feel as well. And, yeah, I was actually I, – I haven't done – I, I haven't, like, read a ton of reviews, but I was listening to the Slate spoiler special where they, they go through point by point, and they had a Star Wars super fan on the panel – and she was saying not only to like kind of undermine the, this new trilogy, she was saying she thought it undermined the entire project. There are some bit. things that happened that seemed to violate like core ideas established, um, maybe from the beginning or go- always going back to the prequels. So yeah, so it's it's weird. I, I kind of didn't mm-hmm. feel great <laughs> after after seeing it, um, and you know I, I'm not. Super eager to to see it again, whereas like I would watch Force Awakens again. I don't think I would watch Last Jedi. again. I I I as to whether this this one was better than Last Jedi, uh, I it's weird they were they were like bad in different ways, and um I, I'm not sure which one I would rather rewatch. Honestly, maybe maybe this one because I I really didn't like um I didn't like Last Jedi. But um okay so okay so let's let's delve into spoiler spoiler territory. So probably I mean probably most people, you know. If they're watching this at this point, have have seen it. So, um, so let's let's jump in. So, I mean, okay, let, let's start at the at the at the very beginning. So, I I was reminded once again that you know there's really for me at least no other feeling in cinema like you're sitting in the dark theater and it says the blue words come up a long time ago in a galaxy far far away and then Star Wars appears on screen with that blaring of the trumpets. And it really
0: is like, like I felt like a physical jolt when that happened. Just, yeah, it's really strong. It's really, it has such an identifiable sort of quality. Yeah. It's,
1: it's one of the most iconic things in cinema and like star Wars has brought me so much uh, pleasure over the years that I just felt so good. I was just like, yes, like we're here once again, we're ready for the ride. And then what's, what's the first thing that appears on the screen? I think it's the phrase, the dead speak on the crawl. Um, And you're like the dead speak. What the the hell does that mean? (laughs) Um, And then it starts talking about, uh, there's been a message from Emperor Palpatine that has been released across the universe. Now, apparently, did you know that that this like
0: message appeared in the Star Wars Fortnite tie-in game? I've I, I've read it now, subsequent to having seen the movie. Since I after I saw the movie, I wanted to sort of prepare for this dialogue, so I read a bunch of stuff and then I saw so that.
1: Okay, so I did I, I did. I saw that. I didn't watch whatever the message was, but that I mean that's strange. And there's always been this thing about how you know they're bringing in the crawl. And, like, in Star Wars A New Hope, like, you had to crawl because there was this whole backstory of the movies they didn't make yet, so you had to, like, fill it in and stuff. And then, but this is, okay, so they're, they're bringing back, like, the ultimate villain from the original trilogy, aside from Darth Vader, uh, and suddenly he's he's alive again. And there's no explanation that I saw of how he's alive, after being thrown down an endless, you know, uh, space tube, uh, seemingly to his demise in Return of the Jedi, so it's just like, what the hell? While, while like, okay, characters come back to life in science fiction and fantasy all the time, and comic books and stuff, but like, you have to at least explain it. Not just like, he he's he's back again, and he's like in this kind of he has he's like into this kind of crane thing, like a yeah. you know, so he he's he's clearly not at the top of his game but he's he, not well he's not as we
0: might say right but he but, but he's been in hiding in. for 25 years or something since return of the jedi and it's just like what the fuck well it's worse than that it's that that we find out very soon um and this is one of the things about the construction of the film that i had a problem with that there were so many things that were just you know they it just constantly broke the r- r- rule of sh- of show don't tell it just constantly just kept saying and this happened and that happened and you're just like huh and, and it's not just that he's alive, but we find out that the whole First Order thing was basically a giant red herring, that it was just him all along, um, um, which also had a very Rube Goldberg-y kind of quality to it. I mean, we find out later in the film that he's got some vast in a ridiculous fleet of star destroyers that must have been taking decades to build. Now, if you had this kind of firepower, why the hell go through the whole first order rigmarole? I mean, the whole thing made no sense, and then raised the question of, well, why are they doing this at all? And my theory, Aria, and I don't know if you if you agree with this, but my theory was that the the reaction, the the, to- and I'm going to call it toxic fandom because that's what it is. The toxic fan reaction. Um, to last uh, Jedi was so powerful that they kind of whiplashed back in the opposite direction and said, "Okay, well then we'll just go back and and go back with the stuff that was popular, right? The stuff that the people liked, and so we'll bring the old villain back and everything." But that then completely undermines, to my view, what I thought they were trying to do with this with this trilogy, which is, like I said, reboot the reboot the universe and the story. For young people, right for people to whom those old things maybe they've watched them, but their Star Wars was going to be this new star wars, you know, so I don't know how you feel what about what you think about the motivations
1: yeah i I, I don't it's it, it's weird um I mean it, what it made me think was like there was kind of a core conceptual problem with the entire rebooted project, and like I really like force awakens and we it was we discussed uh, you know four years ago. It was kind of a, like, almost beat-by-beat remake of the original Star Wars. Um, Right. And, but they didn't do a ton of explaining about, like, okay, you know, supposedly the Rebel Alliance uh, is victorious at the end of Return of the Jedi. The Empire is defeated. And then, but somehow, so then we think, like, okay, they're rebuilding the Republic or something. But then somehow, it's like, they are once again, like, 25 years later, they are once again the embattled Rebels, now called the Resistance, and yeah. the empire has reformulated itself in the to be the um, the uh, first order, yeah. but you don't like. Okay, I guess we're supposed to think like somehow the 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 emperor did all this. But well, like they don't really explain like what like why did they like did they try to do like a government again and like it failed or what what happened in between in between the space um that made it like where did they build like who was building the first order's ships like where did they get the money from like they're not in charge anymore they can't raise taxes from you know the outlying planetary systems how are they like where are these people coming from who's who are staffing the the, uh you know like are they like who's in charge here like they never explained any of this somebody figured out (laughs)
0: when they just so they could do this reboot somebody figured out how many people it takes to man a star destroyer and then counted the number of star destroyers that were in this new emperor's fleet and figured out that it needed like 20 million people or something to like staff all of these things, which, you know, for, for, you know, when you're making science fiction and you're assuming that your audience has got a good portion of geeks in it, you just can't do stuff like that because they're going to just, pick the pick your bones. You know, what you said about Force Awakens, if you remember, I remember very well the conversation. I remember what I said to you. I said, "Look, normally doing a total clone of 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 the original movie would have been a serious mistake and a serious problem." I said, "But if what they're trying to do is essentially reboot this for young for new people whose sensibility and ethos is totally different from The Gen Xers like me who were going to the theater in 1977 to see the original film – then I understand it. And if they carry that through, I think it's a good idea. So think about what they did. They replaced Darth Vader with kind of hipster Darth Vader, right? So, you know, he's tormented. He's much more react. He's much more like you think a Gen Z millennial villain <laughs> would be, right? You, 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 you have the Mary Sue hero because, you know, of course, women, if they're going to be leads, must be 10 times more super powerful than all the men, right? And never make any mistakes. And she's automatically super powered from the beginning with no training at all. That, that sort of also within the contemporary mode, you know, they made the older character, the, the 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 Luke Skywalker character. You know, he's the bad dad. You know, he's sort of you know those old people. They really screwed everything up, and they don't know what they're doing. And then, in other, it had a very okay boomerish kind of quality <laughs> to it. But that's all fine, as far as I'm concerned, because the movies are not being made for fifty year old men, right? That's not who they're being made for. The problem is that then now they just kind of totally chucked all of it and and went back to the old staples and now it's the emperor who's the villain again and we find out that all that other stuff just turned out to just be a giant red herring, while he was building the gazillion star destroyer feet and I just I thought that was a shame and I, I thought that it was because of the backlash reaction from curmudgeonly older people and fan and toxic fans who so piled on the last Jedi. That Disney made some panicky corporate kind of decision is what it felt like to me, but I don't know what you think. I mean, that seems possible. I mean, they it, it definitely has a like they're trying to
1: please a wide range of people, from people who saw the original Star Wars in 1977 uh, in theaters to you know a nine year old. Kid today I actually saw it with my mother, and she she, she said um, she thought it was really scary for a for a child who would be really scared of this movie, so maybe maybe they're moving away from you know, young kids whereas whereas a young kid can pretty much watch the original Star Wars and you know maybe yeah. our back is a little bit darker, but um you know that's that's a, a movie that you know from age five to fifty five or whatever but yeah, so I, I could definitely see that there was some that, that maybe there was some corporate uh, corporate kind of thing from Disney to uh, not go in certain directions, and they certainly had a lot of fan backlash from um, from Last Jedi. But let, I mean, okay, so there's one. So let's talk about some of the things that sure kind of uh, were the twists or the retcons or something. Okay, so so Last Jedi kind of played with this idea that um, okay, so there, there's always been this um, sort of uh, uh, like genetic determinism aspect to uh who can manipulate the force who's force sensitive and not and you know that you find out that uh uh, Darth Vader is a great, uh, you know, uh, Jedi, and so is Luke. Oh, it turns out that they are uh, father and son. And... Isn't there like a qu-
0: quasi biological explanation offered at some
1: point? Yeah, in the in the, in the in the first prequel, they they come up they came up with this thing midi chlorians that's supposed to be like in the DNA, and that, but then they junk that, and it was never <laughs> mentioned again, as far as I know, because the fans really didn't did like it. But still, there was always this like this kind of like lineage idea, and then you find out that. Um, Kylo Ren is the child of Han and Leia, and Leia uh is a Jedi. Uh you know, actually I actually did like the scene where um where you see uh Luke training Leia. I saw I saw some qu- complaints about that online because it was it was obviously CGI. Um but but
0: anyway, um but then they you know it's it was... really a retcon though, isn't it? I mean the whole idea that I mean Leia was never a Jedi. And now she's training Ray, and – you know what I mean? And well, so then they uh, well, had to, mean, they the have to is, go back and say, well, she was a Jedi because Luke trained her. We just – you just didn't know that. Well, I believe – That struck me as cheap, no? Well, I believe in the – so there was all these expanded universe like books and ah, books and stuff. Okay. I believe
1: in that universe. I don't know that material very I well. I only so know it a little bit. Weird. I believe in that universe they talk about Leia becoming a Jedi. But also you remember um, okay. Yoda says there is another. Um, okay. So it's implied that, that she has the Force sensitivity that like yes. if, she, if she's trained, she can become a Jedi. Gotcha. So um, – so, but then you have Ray, and there was this whole question: who's who are who's Ray's parents? And in the beginning, the obvious answer would be uh, she's Luke's daughter, um, but that is not the case. And then in the uh, second movie, Last Jedi, it's revealed in this uh, a very striking sequence, one of the few like actual, like visual sequences that I are from that movie, where she's kind of looking in like a magical like mirror that go- that like stretches to infinity, showing her her past and her future. And she, it kind of it, it's implied that she's almost like self created, or it doesn't matter who her parents are. Um, Doesn't Kylo tell her that her parents are two nobodies? Yes. Kylo says your parents are nobodies. And then there's this scene at the very end of the movie where there's a little, uh, like, stable boy um, who uh, had a brief encounter with our heroes. And you see him um, making a broom move, you know, with his mind. So it's like the idea is established that, like, oh, it's not just that there's these couple of people who through their royal lineage – are able to have this magical power, but like there's maybe millions of possible Jedi's out there and they have the power within them and blah, blah, blah.
0: So that's a little. I that like, was also in keeping with the new sensibility, with appealing to the Jedi. It's a little Harry, po- a little Harry
1: yeah. Potterish. ish. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you, you have the people have the power yeah. within them, but it's also like a kind of a democratic idea. Um, yep. And I, so I kind of like that. And then th- it, that seemed to resolve the question of Ray's parentage of saying, um, you know, it doesn't matter. And yeah, and then, then, then they undid it now. And then they, so then they. I don't know if it counts as a retcon exactly, but I can think it, it does actually because Kylo said, "Yeah, your parents were nobodies," and oh, it turns out uh, she is Palpatine's Emperor Palpatine's granddaughter. granddaughter, which is
0: I don't know. It's just so strange. It's almost like. But don't you think that was a post hoc way of trying to explain and re- respond to the to the Mary Sue criticisms? It's like. Why is this girl so powerful? Like she's more powerful than freaking Yoda. Why? Why? Is- I mean, she can like hold, like pull, like spaceships out of the air. And 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 why is that? Oh, because she's the Emperor's granddaughter. The problem is, since when was the Emperor that powerful? I mean, there, there's one scene at the end where the Emperor literally, like by himself, like holds up the entire fleet, right? And if he had been that powerful to begin with, the, the, the rebels never could have possibly won, right? I mean, it, it just – it was almost like squeezing a bulge out of a tire and just having it appear on the other side and doing that like <laughs> six times is what it almost felt like. Yeah, yeah. It's never clear what – I mean, it's, exactly how, it's never clear exactly
1: how powerful the emperor is. Like, you know, if he's – like the, why does he need the Death Star if he if he's seemingly so powerful? Darth
0: um, Vader just picked him up and threw him off of a <laughs> right. I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, like I, like clearly like you know he could have. I mean, maybe the answer is that he just flew back up because he if he can lift I like guess so. ten thousand I thought his power was always
0: air. more manipulative. In he was a master of manipulating the politics is what we got through the prequels, and right. I thought that was well done, and it was plausible. But now he's like Super Jedi. I mean, he's so, he's more powerful than Yoda and all those guys put together by what they showed him do yes. in this film. Because
1: because Yoda, when Yoda lifts the X wing, one X wing, right? He, he's clearly struggling. Obviously, he's late in late in life, and he dies not too much longer. But yeah, that it seems like that was you know kind of the extent of Jedi power at that point. Okay, but so then they yeah. So this is you know, like why did they do this? I don't know. So. I guess they wanted, you know, they liked obviously uh, one theme of this uh sh- uh series is like the bad father. You're like Darth Vader means dark father. Exactly. And you know what, you know what is like one's legacy when you have a bad father. Um and so that's replaying the Darth Vader Luke relationship in some respect, but what, yeah, I, it just it just seemed like such a miss such a misstep to me and it and then you have and then they had Kylo ex- have to explain that um you know, I meant they were nobodies like after they went into hiding or something, but also like how <laughs> did when it like palpatine had a wife and like and and fathered at least one child like this apparently was, like, this was never a uh, part of the universe before this, so yeah, it, it seemed fucked up <laughs> overall and was like a why are they doing this kind of <laughs> kind of moment um but then so yeah so they but there were also a lot of there was some other kind of yeah things were they they were seemingly changing the rules of the universe and that that, i mean that was kind of the biggest one like palpatine having a a child but also like you know um force like when luke is a force ghost he's not he's able to um you know ray throws her lightsaber into the fire and he grabs it and then he he lifts doesn't he lift the the x-wing out of the water
0: it seemed like because she destroys she escapes in kylo ren's ship and then destroys it so that she won't be able to leave the island because she wants to exile herself right? The, the same way Luke did and for the same reason that Luke did because she's afraid of turning bad, right? And then Luke changes his mind. He's like, oh, I was wrong about all that, right? Um, so they reversed his arc. I had sort of come to peace with the idea of him having a troubled arc and – so many people were so angry about it, but I actually thought it was handled in *The Last Jedi* relatively well. I thought it was realistic to a certain degree in terms of human human psychology, and they just—he just like changed his mind in this, and then she's like, "Oh, okay, I'll change my mind too." He lifts the ship out of the out of the water, and then she goes and flies up. I just—it was very facile, right? I mean, it was these were like serious things, and again, it reversed what I thought they were trying to do altogether, right? um um in a way that 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 I don't think I don't it doesn't please me as an old guy who liked the old ones and it doesn't please me as someone who's trying to be generous to the to the new generations who want to have this wonderful this wonderful experience i felt like it sort of pleases nobody right i mean
1: yeah uh, yeah i i agree and then so okay well there, there's one other there's one other kind of big kind of retcon or change in the universe that, but that's towards the end which is um, you know, bring someone back to life. But let, let's hold on to that because that's kind of the the finale in the movie. But then, so uh, other things that I was not too happy with. I mean, we we've been kind of nitpicking these thematic elements. But just like, I mean, yeah, on a plot plot perspective, it's like there's a MacGuffin. Th- these little like triangular diamond
0: transponder things or maps or whatever. So they need to get it, and it's just like. That's the video game part. That's where I felt like it was like video game levels. Like, oh, we have to find the planet where the Emperor is. We need the MacGuffin. Oh, we got the MacGuffin, but we can't translate the things on it. C-3PO can translate them. But because they're in Sith language, he's not allowed to translate them. So we have to get C-3PO somewhere. You go through this and you just feel like you're playing a video game that they're trying to stretch out. Yeah, they're. I feel like I was playing Dragon Age Inquisition and they're trying to make this thing last 100 hours. So they're giving me all these sort of stupid Rube Goldberg. Kind of obstacles that I have to overcome. Yeah, they're, they're creating. Really new, felt that way. They're
1: creating new rules so that they can stretch out the plot. Like C three PO can't speak the evil Sith language, blah blah. And but then also, like, there's there are these points where they or like, okay, so they have to go and get C three PO's memory wiped. Right. And so then that's, I mean, so that's like, uh, there's some humor in this, and he's like introducing himself again. So then you're kind of like, okay, well, like he C three PO like kind of died in a way, or he, you know, he yeah. he he, t- there was some sacrifice involved for three PO in like completing this mission, and then once he gets back, R two is able to like R two all- was like backed up in iCloud the um all of his memories, and so that that sacrifice is meaningless. And the same thing with uh, Chewbacca, like you think Chewbacca dies yep. uh, when the ship is blown up, and it's like no, he was on another ship, but we didn't even see another ship. Uh, like right, that it was, was true was- bizarre
0: terrible at, at, none of the things they introduced all sorts of things and then didn't allow the consequences of them to play out they did the same thing with characters right so we get this female mercenary type character who knows who we who, who we are told given reason to believe has significant backstory with poe right yeah. and then they make nothing of it i mean she never even takes off her freaking helmet throughout right. the whole thing so do you, know who There's played, enough- do you know who played uh who played her it was Carrie russell Oh wow! So they—that's even more weird that they wouldn't yeah, have. Yeah, very strange.
1: Uh, uh, like a, a hardcore, you know, she Emmy-winning uh, actress. Yeah, well-known. Yeah, uh, but they keep like you know they keep eighty uh, percent of her face covered um, the entire time and a hundred percent of it mo. So that was that was strange. I mean, that's a and then they did the same thing like with this. the
0: lady on the on the um, planet with the horses, right? You think that something's going to develop between her and Finn, and then nothing does, right? I mean, it yes. just—and they also, I mean, they they left hanging
1: when, when, when Finn, when they all think they're going to die at one point, Finn says, I have to tell you something to Ray. And they, he he never says what it is. Maybe it was just, I love you or something, but he, uh, he never, they, they never fill that. in so, yeah, there was just a lot of, it was almost like they, you know, the, either the script was undercooked or overcooked and they didn't like think through the plot points and they're like, okay, we want to kill off Chewie, but then we need Chewie back again. So actually he's on another ship and then we need to like, because we have to go rescue someone and be on a ship for 20 minutes <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah, so, and then, uh, I mean, so it, yeah. just further complaints. The the I mean the the thing where um the uh, D- uh, Donald Gleason, if that's how you pronounce his name, uh, turned out to be the spy uh, who was feeding information to the resistance, and he reveals this by just like looking at them and saying, "I'm the spy," which is almost like a laughable uh, like. And then within thirty moment.
0: seconds, he's just like executed, and that's and, done yeah, with and him, then, right? he, and then <laughs> he dies.
1: Um, I did think that well, the guy who was um, kind of like the Grandma of Tarkin role uh, Richard Gray. Yeah. He, he I thought he was good
0: as the third, He's great. He's great in it um and he, i couldn't tell that he looked very angry and i couldn't tell whether it was plot related or whether he was angry at the movie he was in like i mean <laughs> how did just, i end up here
1: <laughs>
0: well i'm sure he's happy to have the work you know at this point he, you know
1: like he was successful early in his career uh, with with nail and i uh, but then uh, but he was nominated for an oscar
0: uh, last year he was uh, quite good in this though i agree he was, with yeah, you he
1: was good yeah. um yeah so then okay so yeah so there's just a lot of shenanigans and getting from point a to point b and then you find out you need to get to point c and and blah 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 um and i mean so another thing that was very stupid was this was the, the business with the knife that has sith that's that's what the the sith is written on it but it also re- yeah. it also turns out to uh, and my it's bro- the knife that her parents were killed with isn't it oh is it i thought it was just a random knife isn't there a I, I don't know why the parents are stabbed, the same, but, <laughs> um, but it's like he, he uh, she holds it up and it turns and it turns out that like the ja- the
0: jagged outline of the knife lines up with the Death Star, um, the remains- wreckage of the Death Star that they go to to find the MacGuffin. Yes, but the problem is is that if you actually watched the last Death Star being destroyed it ain't destroyed like there's big pieces. I mean, it's destroyed like it's disintegrated, right? Yeah. So that yeah. was all very just sort of, I don't know. And my, my, bro- my brother uh, compared it to like a scene from Goonies or
1: something with like the, like a secret map and then it like lines up perfectly. So that was very cheesy. <laughs> and then, um, okay, so then um, – so so one scene that I did, I did like, uh, you know, I've been complaining almost nonstop. I did like the scene where uh, Kylo and Ray are, like, in the ocean on this planet with, like, 50-foot waves. And they're kind of fighting each other for a while. And, um, and then, uh, okay, we didn't even mention that, um, you know, uh, Princess, Princess Leia, Gen- General Leia, General Organa, uh, plays a role in this movie that is um kind of like you know it, it makes you feel weird because um Carrie Fisher died and they're using like scraps of her performance or outtakes or something and plus
0: CGI I heard and, it was I heard it was unused together. footage mostly from pre from the previous
1: Okay so it it looks it doesn't look real like it it doesn't look as good as it was supposed to be maybe in the original conception of this plot Leia was going to play a big role I mean they killed off Luke in the previous movie, and kept Leia alive, and then very I sadly, think that's right. Carrie Fisher died, so they, maybe they had to scramble, and that that's one of the. Stri- that's where they got Lando. It's like, all right, well, we better get oh, somebody else. Yeah, we didn't we, even mention we, Lando. we killed
0: off everybody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. So, they, so they killed off two. Yeah, they already killed off two of the three main characters. Then the actor who played the other one died. So she, yeah, so she's there in the beginning, but it's always like, it, the scenes just seem, you know, have this uncanny element to them because they're not actually shot with a living human. So, so they don't really work that much. And then she's kind of, you know, out of it for a long time, but then she, she kind of like sends a, you know, like uh, psychic, like wa- a single psychic message to Kylo Ren. While he and Ray are fighting. Yes. While they're fighting. And the, and it's just the word Ben, which is his, his actual name named after uh, Ben Kenobi. And this is kind of like enough to
0: like jar him out of his evil state. It's it's it it chases the dark side out of him. Yeah, um, and then Rey kills him, and then again you're like, oh wow, that's a major development. Wow, and then the consequences of that are erased because she just revives him. Oh no, wait, wait, wait. So that, no, she kills him later. <laughs> she kills him later. This way is... doesn't. I thought I thought she I thought that she has the opportunity to kill him because Leia distracts him with the. And then after she kills him, she resurrects him. Then she leaves, and then Solo appears to him. Okay, it's okay. It's possible that she. Okay, maybe you're right. Okay,
1: maybe you're right. But I don't think she kills him. I think maybe she just wounds him and she heals. She heals. Word, his so it's also okay. so this idea of, of force healing is also introduced. Apparently, it was part of the extended universe, but never actually seen uh, previously in the movies. That people with the force can heal. Yeah. grievous wounds and, and, and stuff like that. So, okay, that, I mean, I can kind of buy that, like... I if, don't care about those. Those sorts of
0: things don't bother me.
1: Right, so that, yeah, um, Jedis um, have control over yeah. matter, and so maybe if they're really good, they can, like, knit, you know, bones and, <laughs> and flesh back together. That's fine. So then, um, the... So then there's a scene where, uh, Harrison Ford returns, and... He, but he's not—he's not a force ghost. He's just a memory. So, so he's inside. So we're inside. Kylo's he's
0: inside Kylo's head. Yeah, yes. it has to be. Yeah, and he's yeah. talking
1: to him. And so you know, I love Harrison Ford. Like you know, blo- most beloved actor of my childhood, perhaps. So it was nice to see him once again playing this iconic character. Um, but in some way, it was like somewhat fan servicey. Like bring back Han Solo for one last <laughs> for one last go around, especially because um, you know we can't have Carrie Fisher. You know, maybe in the original script, like it was Carrie Fisher uh, having a conversation with yeah. with Kylo or something. Um, but I, but, but I, so did, I, I thought liked that, that was just, somewhat
0: moving. I thought that was somewhat moving, though. The, I did too. Um,
1: it was this, you know, this dream of the, um, you know, the dead relative, the dead beloved relative, coming back for like one last time and having, and having a conversation. And especially because, you know, Kylo Ren killed Han Solo, uh, so that makes it uh, more uh, emotionally charged, I guess. And so yeah, so he so. <laughs> but but there is a kind of absurd cheesiness to, like, uh, her just sending this, wa- this single, like, burst of psychic energy, and it knocks the evil out of the, you know, big bad guy in the universe. Yeah, he,
0: he became unevil too easily, right? I mean, it, it undermines the last two movies, right? It underlines how they built him up. He was a very tormented, troubled person. Uh-huh. Again, this was, I thought, in my view to 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 create a kind of villain that contemporary young people could identify with more than the remorseless sort of Darth Vader, right? And um, by doing this, they really undermined that whole thing that they'd really established with him. I really think they kind of destroyed his character um, um, by do by making him so easy to snap him out of of his disturbance, so to speak. I mean, I actually thought they even were sort of somewhat casting him a little bit as sort of mentally ill throughout the first two films um, in a way that I thought was done well, even though I didn't like it because I liked the older kind of villain, but I understood why they did it. And this just really blew it, right? I mean, they just – and he became really uninteresting after that, right? He just became like a good guy, sacrificing himself. And I don't know. I just thought it was cheap and it wouldn't satisfy the old people and it's and it broke it, broke it for the young people, right?
1: Yeah, I mean uh, – <laughs> They yeah, they want they wanted to have um well, uh, why why do they do this? I guess I, can't, I can't But did exactly you find him out.
0: interesting after that point? I did. No, he right.
1: I mean he doesn't really I mean he doesn't really do all that much except he fights, you know, he, he helps a fight and then he sacrifices himself for Rey. Um I mean there's at the a, end, yeah, at yeah, the end
0: he the, saves Rey after the Emperor really kills them sort of you think kills them both, sucks the life force out of him, throws throws uh, Kylo over, into a hole. Kylo somehow gets out fights just destroys these five supervillains who they've been setting up now for a while. He, the and, of Red, right? and you yeah. think something really bad that they're really going to be bad asses. <laughs> he dispatches of them in like 30 seconds and then he comes and revives, comes and revives. Yeah. Okay, wait, So this, this
1: whole one, before we get to the, the so, finale, yeah, sorry. there's sorry. so, um, uh, Elizabeth Brunig, uh, the, the writer, uh, of the Washington Post and the New York Times has had kind of a semi-joking but maybe she serious suggestion for a long time on Twitter that the the best ending to this would be um, Kylo – Kylo staying evil and converting Rey to the dark side. They team up. They become a you know – they're romantically linked and they are – they're ruling the universe with
0: an iron fist. And you could have set a whole nother trilogy after that. That could have – you know what I'm saying? In other words, that would have been the perfect – and I, for, for a short while, I was hoping that was where they were going to go. This was the only film. Here's one good thing I'll say about this. The only film where it seemed to me Ray had any complexity and as a character. And I think if they'd gone that road, not only would that have been a satisfying ending, it would have been almost like an Empire Strikes Back-ish ending of, the, of this trilogy. Right. And you could have then set up now a whole nother trilogy after. To now deal with this new threat, right? Yeah, I, if they if they had ended it with I the forces of
1: evil, the forces of evil triumphant, that would have been really both, strong. Both a yeah a, a shock uh, to the audience and you know like a big dramatic risk, and then yeah, set things up for a different kind of story. Um, but the, you know the, they want to have the ending where everyone's hugging and celebrating instead. And
0: um, do you think that's because they they have decided this is it for this? Well, they we don't I mean, want pl- to play in this playground anymore. They said
1: the the um the Skywalker saga or whatever is over, but you know they can keep spinning this shit off. I mean, they have the Mandalorian already that I haven't seen, but people are liking it, and they have all the intellectual property, so they can go and do, you know, related stories and maybe like you know R two D two will appear in a cameo or something, but it'll mostly be it'll mostly be its its own thing and it won't feature discussion of of Luke and Leia and Darth Vader. So I could see that spinning out, you know, and endlessly. And, you know, there's a lot of every, you know, every little, every character who appears on screen in any star Wars movie has a name and a home planet and a backstory and all this yep. shit. So they so it's like the Marvel universe and that they could keep us spinning it out. But can they, can they actually tell a good story would be, um, would be interesting. Okay. So, okay. So I guess let's talk about the, um, well, is there, is there anything else, uh, to bring up? Um, Okay, well, uh, well, let's talk about the finale. So, yeah, we we kind of mentioned it. the, you know, uh, Rey goes to fight the Emperor, uh, Kylo teams up with her, Um, she seemingly, he has, he seems to have the power of all the Sith when these guys are just kind of like, it's unclear who they, who or what they are, like these shadowy hooded figures who maybe aren't actually there, they're just like, you know, but there are a lot
0: of them. I mean, th- you get a picture
1: of that hall. I mean, it looks yeah, there's like... There's like- 10,000 of them or something. But then yeah, she... Yeah, But then it turns out that she has the power of all the Jedi and is able to appeal to um, all of... So what you, we hear in voiceover, we don't see them, um, I guess, like every uh, Jedi who has appeared in the series, and apparently they got a lot of the voice actors like Samuel Jackson and, yeah, but not Alec Guinness, right? Well, they may have. Well, they may have manipulated Alec Guinness's voice in there because I know in the first movie they had Alec Guinness saying Ray, which I read at the time was he had ah, said like,
0: that's right, I
1: forgot about Rey, that. Or something. Had, like they had they had like <laughs> cut a word in half to make him say Ray. Um, but I got, but Yoda is in there, and I, and Luke and Leia are in there, blah blah. So they're all. She has the force of you know ten thousand Jedi's, and and also they they make a big point that she doesn't just have uh Luke's lightsaber she also has Leia's lightsaber so she has two lightsabers uh, uh the the emperor is, sho- is shooting his lightning bolts at her yeah she's able to deflect it and and send it back you know send defeat uh, so this, this kind of thing where uh, which is an interesting idea and it's in the the, the original movies that like you know if you strike out in anger and kill me, then I win, actually, yeah. um, because I've forced you to, like, to embrace That was your consistent, hatred. I thought. Yeah, I thought that was, yeah. So she gets yeah. out of it by, like, turning his, you know, energy back against him and is, I guess, able to kill him without, um, you know, becoming uh, an evil person or something along those lines. But yeah, so, so Kylo Ren is thrown down the pit, but as we know, getting thrown down a pit in the Star Wars universe totally fine. (laughs) You will you just climb out again. I mean, you know, Luke Luke did it and apparently the emperor did it. Uh, So Kylo Ren does it. And then he, um, but then I guess, you know, uh, she's fried and she, she seems dead. So the, um, the, uh, so she's lying there. And then you think like, okay, this so, wow. Like, you know, they faked us out with killing Chewbacca, but are they actually going to kill Ray? That'd be an interesting ending to this. Like she sacrificed herself uh, to save the universe. And, uh, but it turns out that Kylo Ren, um, is able to force heal her. And uh, I guess like give hundred percent of his life force to revive her. And, and then he is dead. So he's the one who he sacrifices as well. And this is, so this is a point that the, the aforementioned slate culture get, or slate, um, spoiler special made about this was that a very key idea in the prequels is that you can't bring someone back to life. Uh, even a Jedi cannot bring someone back to life because right. um, Anakin Skywalker's mother is killed, and he desperately wants to bring her back. And that desire is what helps like unite him with the uh, with Palpatine because he's like, "I will teach you how to do this," and that is like the path to the dark side. Like once you're dead, right. you're dead, and um, you can't you can't like you know this is this is like the power of God or something, and you can't. Yeah.
0: Do it. I actually think that's. I actually think that's thematically a strong. I think that's strong thematically. Actually, yeah. Um, so and then and there's, actually, there's there's elements that there's things that are reminiscent of Lord of the Rings in that, right? I mean, humans are special precisely because they're mortal, and immortality is almost treated as a curse. Um, um, Arwen wander, you know, in the films, Arwen wandering the world after everyone's died, and I think there's very deep, profound ideas there that I liked that it was in star Wars like that. And I really did not like, now maybe she wasn't dead and that's how they get around it. But I, I didn't like that. Um, um, yeah. And the,
1: you know, the, um, the, the, the person on the slate, uh, special was saying, you know, maybe this, there was just akin to like, you know, um, you know, the paddles and a jolt of el- electricity or something to shock her back into life because she had only, you know, she's only been out for thirty seconds, so maybe there's right. still some life in her yet. Um, but yeah, but it is, uh, yeah, it, it is. There does seem to be a, like one last, final violation of like an idea that was uh, firmly established in this universe, and also, I mean, that idea is also what leads um, his fear uh, in the prequels. If I'm recalling correctly, Anakin's fear that Padme will die. Is what kind of is it like drives
0: him like insane yes. and yes. leads him to the dark side. Also, it's it's the clinging too hard. It almost it almost has almost kind of like a Buddhist message. Yes, yeah, so I think it, that's right? true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they just kind of spoiled it. Um, um. Also, I really don't think they ever. In the case of Kylo, at least they gave us Leia's one word intervention that caused him to drop that the, the dark side to drop. But we never get any explanation as to why Rey is able to resist the dark temptation and it's actually set up in the film pretty much that you could even argue that her taking that route is the right thing to do. Right. I mean, in the sense of, um, because you are given the impression that what Kylo's offering her, this joint rulership isn't going to be of the kind of, um, um, evil cruelty that, 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 that was there, but you almost get the sense that she softened him a little I I got the sense that they could almost be more like a benevolent dictatorship together, <laughs> and you know what I'm saying. In other words, I I got I saw a lot of potential, and they never explain. And they even have her have the dream of her dark self, and the dark self looked absolutely amazing, right? And I just don't understand why. I, I, I don't understand why they just they, they didn't give that any space to to develop, and they also didn't bother to explain why it didn't develop, right? I mean, it just sort of got aborted. Right. Um, yeah. um and, 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 I don't know whether that's this poor design decision, what poor, poor craftsmanship or whether they wanted, they, 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 they've, they made a business decision that we are done with main sagas anymore. And now it's all just going to be one offs in the universe of right. Um, mm-hmm. um, um, which, you know, maybe that's a good business decision. Maybe it isn't. I mean, you know, on the, on the, on the notion that it's a good one, I would say if you ask me to now re- rethink all of the movies that have made been made in this new uh, um, reboot, uh, I would say Rogue One is the best one by far. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the one that I thought was the best made. I thought it was the, it was the most narratively coherent. I th- I liked the protagonist. She was not a Mary Sue. Um, there was no love interest, which I found very refreshing. And um, so maybe it is a wise decision to say no more sagas. Um, now we're just going to have one-offs in the universe, but but if that wasn't the reason, then it's just bad craftsmanship, right? I mean, it's 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 a bad way to end this. Yeah, and I wonder if I mean, in the future they're
1: going to pursue the Marvel model of individual movies that stand on their own, but you uh, realize you have to see them all in order to keep watching them because they intermix, and then there's like an Avengers-style team up or something like they get th- that that clearly works. They have that model, and I think actually the guy. His name is Fahey or something like that, Kevin Fahey, I think, who was the mastermind, like, kind of the corporate mastermind behind the uh, Marvel movies of the past 15 years. He is, I think, moving to work on Star Wars now that it's all owned by uh, Disney. Interesting. Disney owns all the delightful property.
0: Because Marvel, I think, pulled that off a thousand times better. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, if you Um, compare
1: this to the final Avengers movie, like, it's it's really – you know that that is so much better. But so there's a couple. Okay, a couple more things happen. So okay. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, so in this movie called Star Wars, there there weren't a lot of like Star Wars, like the classic. Usually, there's a lot of like uh, you know Tie Fighter and X Wing and yeah. like things zipping around in outer space. It's always fun. So there wasn't a lot of that. The in big this movie. last battle was very um underwhelming. Yes, and it it also yeah. So it also takes place on a planet, not in outer space and then there was this moment where they which is, which is kind of fun or at least had the potential to be fun which was uh, you know they sent out a distress call like everyone who's, who's sympathetic to the resistance we need you right now this is the final <laughs> battle and it seemed like they could have had both used that more but and also had like more fan service moments apparently the guy who played Wedge and Tilly's is is seen pilot piloting one of those ships, in, you know, in
0: the original movie. But other than that, there wasn't that much. I didn't even notice. They didn't do a very good job of content. Yeah, Lando just like shows up with ten thousand ships, and then it ends. Like it's just like
1: yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you could show like you know all the beloved. You know, you could show like a you know like the the big purple ele- the big blue uh, elephant guy one of his species like <laughs> piloting a ship and all sorts of stuff like that but they didn't do that um but then it also was like i mean this is uh, in many of these movies it's like it comes down to uh they need to shoot a missile at one spot and that's how you defeat the giant thing um so that's <laughs> but so they 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 twisted that a little because it was it's like a radar beacon or something and then like it shuts down and it's like oh it's it's like a ship so we need to destroy this one ship and once we do that, every other ship will explode or, or, or fall to the ground or something. So, okay, that's, that's, been, that's been in Star Wars since the very beginning. That It just takes this one magical shot. Yeah, to... but
0: this one was much weaker. Like, at least before, it was like, we have to hit the core of the Death Star. <laughs> now it's, we have to hit this radio tower. Oh, wait, they found out we're trying to hit the radio tower. So they moved the radio tower to the <laughs> ship. So now we got to hit the ship. It was really lame. I mean, the, you know, the Death Star, had that sequence had a real uh, strength to it. Oh, for sure. I, you know, um, um, and, and and it took, I mean, they had to repeatedly, they failed a lot before they succeeded. You know what I mean? This thing wrapped up too fast. I mean, it just, I don't know how long that end sequence in the first Star Wars was with the Death Star. But I remember it as feeling like it was well, well fleshed out. Like mm-hmm. people were trying to hit it and missing it. People were flying into the side of the walls. It was not easy to do. Yeah. Right. I mean, Luke had to channel the Force to get the damn things to hit the right spot. There was just none of that here, right? I mean, there was just some ridiculous horse attack. Well,
1: I actually actually kind of like the horse, but actually, it's it's very it's similar to a move they did in the uh, in the previous movie where they like you know had the like giant horse like creatures like stampeding through the uh, casino, uh, the space casino.
0: These were on the wings of a ship floating in midair. I mean, I just didn't get how that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, but okay, well, they, you know, somehow they do it. So, and they, everyone wins. So then they go back to the, you know, the Resistance you look like planet.
0: you're paid. You're like, Oh God, <laughs> everyone wins.
1: <laughs> and then they have the final celebration scene. And they had the, so the moment, I, I mean, this is total fan service, but this is maybe my favorite moment in the movie is when, um, uh, they give Chewbacca a medal because, um, fans know that in the, at the end of the original star Wars, uh, Han and Luke get medals, but and Treba- Chewbacca standing there on the dais, but he does not get a medal for some reason. Maybe so he, now he gets a medal. He's not a human, so, and uh, so but now he get he gets his medal. So I, I like that a lot. Finally, like you know, forty years later, Chewbacca's heroism is uh, yeah. is uh, acknowledged, and I guess one noteworthy thing uh, was that uh the first uh, same sex kiss in star wars star wars universe was in the scene I thought was, that was incredibly cheap it, which was very brief kind, yeah kind of stupid but but like i mean what 's weird about it is like i mean star Wars is just a very asexual universe um
0: and you know there 's not a lot of kisses. that was the one little woke part for the most part, they tried to keep this thing scrupulously unwoke because of all the complaints about last Jedi. That was the one little woke part that they had that I, yeah, I, I, I didn't I, I, bother me, but I just thought, Oh, that's freaking cheap well, you know. Yeah. It's throwaway. It reminded me a little bit of the bullshit Gabe scene in The Avengers, the last you know, where you know, where's is it Steve Rogers? He's at like the AA type meeting or something and there's some guy who like talks about his boyfriend or something. Right, and, right. and a lot of actually like gay activists were pissed off. They're like, you know, something, don't do it at all. If you're going to do it like that, you know what I mean? It just, it's kind of a, it smells of a kind of a tokenist. is. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I basically agree with that. Um, and oh, I
1: mean, we didn't, we, so well, speaking of kisses, we did not mention that um, Kylo and Ray do share a kiss. Um, yeah. When they're, like, very close, you know,
0: to to dying. And I guess that's... Which that, I thought was appropriate in the sense that I thought that they had developed... I thought that was actually really well done, that they developed a kind of a very strange and intimate relationship. But again, they just did nothing with it, right? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, they, that, they,
1: I think that's the only really interesting relationship in these three movies. Yes, and, sir. And which right. points to, like, you know, how little, like, character work or development... Uh, is going on in in these movies. You have all these amazing actors. I think I was, I, I posted on Twitter that, like, there was one good actor in the original Star Wars, maybe two if you count Alec Guinness, and that would be Harrison Ford. Um, but, you know, Mark Hamill, not a good actor.
0: Uh, you know, Carrie Fisher, so so. The acting is not strong in that movie. I mean, it gets better as you go through to the Empire, and then, but the first one, when you rewatch it, you realize it's not nearly as good as you remember it being, and that a lot of it is childhood. Filling in a lot of things, you know.
1: Right. Whereas in um, these movies, you know, um, Oscar Isaac, uh, incredible actor. Uh, I Ridley, I guess, is a, seems pretty good. You know, she's, she's. I don't think there's anything wrong with her. I just don't think she had very good scripts. Yeah, and, and uh, so Boyega seems to be very good, also. But like, what did they? They didn't give them things to actually do. Um, and there was no like beginning. There was no hero's journey for most of these characters. They had. They had no character growth. They were just like moving around, like.
0: Like uh you know, pegs on the board, or something, and so- then having these stupid action sequences where they make these very marvelly kind of quippy remarks that just doesn 't fit right I mean it just doesn't it just like like you know when they 're being chased, like they fly now, oh yeah, they fly, you know this kind of thing i don 't know why every movie now thinks they have to do this. I know Marvel does it, Marvel actually does it well. <sighs> but everybody seems to think that they need to do this now and i don't know i find it very off putting especially in something like star wars i guess i just think the do you think that they're that they've been trying to assimilate this new star wars to the to the marvel sort of arc standards um because if so i think it's a mistake um i think the success of the marvel movies is just distorting action i mean films. it's it's possible. I mean, I think the – so what makes – what
1: differentiates the, the Marvel movies, uh, they're pre-existing characters that do have deep backgrounds from the comics that, that can be drawn on and um, as opposed to, you know, most most of the characters in this iteration of Star Wars were newly created. Um, the interweaving of the different movies is a, is a novelty in the sense that you need to see them all to get the whole story. Um and, how about the constant banter, the quipping, the sort of the? I, I I don't know if that's like I don't know how new that is. Like like action
0: movies usually have some some form of that. Yeah, I guess it, I can. Now I'm thinking about Lethal Weapon. The original Lethal Weapons had a lot of that, didn't they? Yeah, uh, often um, you, you know, often characters are are
1: saying something before they you know shoot the bad guy or you know. I mean, it's, it's, I mean it really irritated
0: me. Like, at this it irritated me in this one. I'm not sure why. Maybe then I'm thinking of the. Um,
1: the Batman, the late '90s Batman movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mister Freeze, where he kept on saying things like, uh, you know, "ice to meet you" or something. <laughs> and, and, and I don't know Is if that's it, I, did you just make that up? I just made that up, but it's possible it was in the movie. But there's a, there's someone once collected all all these in a single like YouTube thing of every single like cold ice fun he makes in the movie. But anyway, so that's yeah, I think that's I don't think that's new, but I mean, I think you know the the. Maybe the Marvel influence is is in these things like uh, Solo and Rogue One, where you're telling like side stories with side characters and weaving them into the the larger thing. Like you know, Ant, like Ant Man was never a huge character in the comic books, but they made but they made an Ant Man movie. They made a, a comic action movie, and they and then once you got to Avengers, like Ant Man's powers were you know integral to the plot to get them to travel back in time blah 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 so you you felt like you needed to know who this who this was and to see all the movies so if they continue to to do that but i guess you know they supposedly they were they were supposed to make a boba fett movie and solo's poor box office performance dissuaded that but then they have the mandalorian which is Kind of that's a Boba Fett the, thing, isn't
0: that being successful? Isn't that that successful? Isn't
1: it? I mean, people are talking about it. They brought out this Baby Yoda character that the internet has gone wild for, um, which shows you know there's still <laughs> you can still mine these classic things and and create. I mean, you know, Baby Yoda is a more successful uh, creation, so f- just in the like four weeks that he or she has existed, um, than any character <laughs> created in the recent iteration in the new trilogy. Like, you know, people are going to be like loving baby Yoda for for 50 years I feel like and <laughs> do
0: you do you think that the absurdly overpowered jedi in this new reboot is itself a marvel influence that they're trying to make them more like superheroes i'm wondering Maybe, if, if marvel yeah. is i'm wondering if marvel is sort of superheroizing all of the action pictures because of its success. In other words, we're going to get more and more inflated kind of, and it works with superheroes, but it doesn't really work. I found the over the top, the overpowered Emperor and Ray and stuff to be ridiculous. I, I didn't think. I always thought in Star Wars the power was relatively, um, conservatively, not quite as conservative as in the Lord of the Rings, the way it's displayed, but much more so than in than in the than than, than, than superhero movies.
1: Yeah, I mean they they've upped, you know, they've kind of upped the ante in the sense that, um, you know, just doing the same thing as before isn't as interesting. So in the original Star Wars, you know, um, uh, Darth Vader uh, strangles some one of the uh captains or whatever on the in the (laughs) death star uh you know by going like this and then uh, i'm pretty sure in this one kylo ren goes like that and sends one guy like flying into the air and like hitting the ceiling or something so it's like you know you need to keep on escalating (laughs) these things uh to to do something new and 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 then it gets like ridiculous at some point but you know with the with the so the original death star was like here's a moon that can destroy a planet and then when they re like essentially told the same story again in Force Awakens, it was like, here's a planet that can destroy a sun! <laughs> so, you know, it's just, it's just like, well, what can we do? Let's just make it bigger. Um, so, okay, so I, I I feel like there was one other thing I wanted to touch on. Um, oh, the final, okay, the very final sequence. Um, so Ray goes back to Tatooine, finds the, finds Luke's uh, home at the moisture farm, and um, berries, uh Luke and Leia's uh, lightsabers in the sand. She's, she has her own lightsaber, which I think we're supposed to understand that she built herself, which in the lore is like part of becoming a Jedi is you build your own lightsaber. Um, and then uh, an uh, old lady, uh, you know, walks walking through the desert, comes up and says like,
0: who are an you? An old lady walking through the desert. Just meditate on that for a minute.
1: And, uh, and she says, I'm Rey. And, um, and then she's like, what's your family name? And there's like a long pause and then so I think Ray looks and sees Force Ghost Luke and Leia like on the horizon, and then she says, uh, "Ray Skywalker," and that's the that's the end of the movie. Um, so, what'd you think of that?
0: So, I'm sure that it's not this explicit, but all I could think of was, "Oh my god." identitarian logic is now in Star Wars. I'm not a Skywalker, but I identify as a Skywalker. It's like, you know, you know, I identify as a woman. I identify as a this. I identify as a that. I'm like, what the fuck is with the identify, right? It's like, you're not a Skywalker. If anything, you're the opposite. You're a fucking Palpatine, for God's sake, right? Wasn't that the whole point? And it's just like, can you just identify out of being a Palpatine and into being a Skywalker? I, I mean, and doesn't that also diminish her overcoming the evil you know what i 'm saying i mean yes, it, i agree i, um, I didn 't understand it at all other than in uh, the stupid oh, yeah, identitarian kind well, of way the only
1: way I got understand is that they they came up with the title the rise of skywalker and you don 't understand what that means until <laughs> that scene, the very last line when oh she 's the new skywalker, but like um I mean and why <laughs> do that if you 're ending the saga yeah i don 't i 't know I mean so i 'm <laughs> once again stealing from this slate thing I listened to, but they made the point. If she had said just Ray, would that have been a better ending? Yes. And so they would have had to change the title of the movie. But it was like, okay, she is <laughs> embracing like you know, she was a scavenger. She's embracing her her like her true identity is not her lineage. It's like who she was, right? Who she became. She's self getting back to she's self created. And that would be consistent
0: matter. with all of the other things we were talking about: the force being more democratically distributed, it not being a lineage thing the 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 sort of the the okay boomer sort of logic of hey you know don't venerate don't venerate the elders so freaking much you know that would have been consistent but this I, it was consistent with nothing it was just annoying right <laughs> yeah uh, yeah that was that seems like a big misstep to me
1: it almost I mean there's a I don't did you ever see um the movie Happy Gilmore, the Adam Sandler movie from the 90s. Oh yeah, it's hilarious. So there's a yeah. scene at the very end where like the characters who have died are like in, in, are like you know, in the sky and one of them is a crocodile <laughs> um and one of them is 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 the guy who taught him how to play golf. Um so it was kind of like that that like you know the 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 ghosts are are looking over in a very cheesy way um and yeah. So okay, so um
0: <laughs> final thoughts? I uh, well, What's we've... your what... You know, there was one other thing I wanted to ask you what you thought about. Um, Do you think – what is the problem? In other words, why can't they do these series anymore? Uh, Do you think it's partly because of the media environment? In other words, one of the things I was thinking about was that back when I was – when the original trilogy came out – A lot of people I remember being pretty unhappy with Return of the Jedi with the Ewoks, right? And it certainly caused some fan discussion. Um, Now, there wasn't all these platforms on which to discuss it, but there still was a discussion whether it was in the fanzines and the letter sections or just in between people. Um, What I don't remember was kind of the kind of consuming hatred on the part of fans that would cause them to try to hurt, to destroy or hurt the franchise, right? To hurt the, hurt the, hurt the product. And I'm wondering whether, do you think with these properties that have such intense fandoms, it's really not possible to make good series anymore because there's just too much temptation to react to the fan reaction as a, in other words, why do you think it just seems, I mean, the event with Marvel, it seems to me like they pulled off a miracle, it seems to me the rule rather than the exception is that these sagas don't work anymore. And I'm wondering A whether you agree and B if you think the reason has something to do with what I'm talking about or if there's something else at work maybe the nature of the corporations that now own these companies. What do you think is the reason why these sagas just don't seem to work the way they used to?
1: Well, I I don't know how I don't know whether I agree with the premise I mean because if we what's the the Fair saga, the saga yeah. of the 2010s is the Marvel one and that you know Pretty much all but like those, Game of Thrones those fell apart. Okay, that's um, okay. Yeah, um, I guess that's true. Um, um, so it's very hard to. So it's very hard to do. I mean, it, you know, a lot of these things originate in the singular vision of one person or a very small group of people. So, like George Lucas really was the singular vision of the original Star Wars. I think he wrote the script and directed it, and then later on, other directors um, came in. Uh, he. You know, uh, Game of Thrones, uh, written by one man, uh, George R. R. Martin, and it was his singular vision. And then uh, the Marvel characters, uh, created by Stanley, Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko, and that was a pretty singular vision also, and a carnival ver- burst of creativity in the early 60s. So you have, you know, these – you have that, and then once it, like, balloons out well, – and Lord out... of the Rings. And Lord of the Rings. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. And once it balloons out um, – <laughs> then you're you're employing you know 250 people in the special effects department and like things things get complicated and uh, and the way they they make these movies now is you know they cost 200 million dollars so they have to you know they have to uh, be able to play in China <laughs> and so I would I I think it's it's, it's complicated the, the I mean there's the social media aspect where the fans can say this fucking sucks we hate you you know we're burning our whatevers. Um, but also there's the social media aspect where there's like the, you know, stand culture. I don't know if you're aware of this, like S T A N is like super fans who will defend their beloved, uh, actor, actress, or singer, songwriter, or media property <laughs> to know, and they'll do whatever. And they lo- they love it no matter what mistakes it makes. Uh, so, so that exists as well. And I mean, the way to get, the way to get attention on social media is to be very highly emotional in, in either a positive or negative direction. It almost doesn't re- really matter, uh, which it is, but so you can say, this is the greatest thing ever. or This, this thing is the worst thing ever. Um, but yeah, I think, but then you have like, <clears throat> like, like Star Wars is now like, it used to be Lucasfilm, you know, the, the studio created by Lucas. And now it's, um, the biggest, uh, being run by the biggest, uh, creative, uh, intellectual property company on the, in the globe. And they have uh different interests than just telling a good story. Um, so I think it's, yeah, it is hard, but it's always, you know, it's, it's like telling, you know, it, it's really hard to, to create something really good. It's, it's, it's much simpler to create something mediocre or bad.
0: So the, the, it's the rarity. Hasn't that, hasn't that always been the case? I mean, look, it's not as if. I mean if you watch documentaries on the making of 2001, you watch – document. I mean these things were fraught um, and very difficult to make and especially because the technology was more primitive to produce special effect sequences, especially convincing ones, which are a lot more laborious. It feels to right. me like – That, was, something
1: that in- was a very – speaking of singular vision, I don't know if you yeah. remember. I did, very, yeah. I did an interview with a guy who wrote a book about 2001 about yeah yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It was very good. That, yeah. was, a, that was Kubrick's singular vision of, of how to um, – how to get this thing out here, and they did make. I mean, Arthur C. Clarke wrote additional volumes in the
0: series, but and they, but Kubrick was not involved, in they made at right. least one more film, twenty ten, I think. But uh, that no, no, which I, I thought it was that. I thought it was very good. I mean, um, I think that's a very underrated movie, um, um, and you should if you don't remember it, you should revisit it. I think you'll have a better opinion read, of it. I
1: read uh, the book. I, I don't know if I saw the movie. I don't remember it
0: with Roy Scheider and uh, and John Lithgow. It was very good. I, I would recommend it. Um, I just feel like there's something in the current environment that's making it very hard to create good mass media art. And I feel like it's a combination of the cor- the companies that now own these things and their hypersensitivity to social media reaction. But I don't know if, – if you if you don't think that that has a strong uh, role to play as I do, I, I would accept that. But that's what seems to be different. I mean making movies of this scale was always hard as hell, right? But maybe you didn't have quite as many, as much very skittish corporate interference. That's certainly the case with the music industry. I mean, in the 70s, artists, you know, really far out, whacked out artists could get major label deals. um, um, They were willing to take risks. And now I think that the environment is so risk averse. And part of it is because the environment is so much more hostile. Do Do you not think there's... Yeah, I think there's something about that. I mean,
1: it used to be that, um, you know, criticism was an elite thing. Uh, Things, you know, a movie would get reviewed by the paper and maybe a magazine or maybe like a local TV news station or something. And that was about it. Um, And if people, you know, didn't like it, they could like talk to each other about it in real life. but. Uh, usually couldn't go much beyond that. So that so that's changed when people can express their displeasure uh, much more easily. So,
0: but I mean, I mean, I'd be, so the I companies are much more afraid of it. The companies are not are much more risk averse than they used to be. And maybe that's just because there's more at stake, or maybe because the companies now are so large that they're that they're starting to sort of react in a share sort of shareholder sort of logic rather than. Yeah, I could say, see both both of these things working together, um, but you know, a lot of
1: you know, a lot of most movies, you know, since the studio era have been put out by essentially big corporations, and um, so there's yeah, there's always been an aspect of we're trying to just make as much money as possible and, or, and I mean, in, when it comes to movies, they also really care about winning Oscars and stuff. So they're saying for, for whatever strange reason, they like, that's almost as good as, as making a, a, a bunch of money. So, yeah. Yeah. so the, the artistic side of it still, still
0: can matter in that
1: world. Um, so where do
0: you think we're going after this? Is it just going to be one offs in the universe? I, or do I, you I think they're going to start a new saga at some point. I have, I have no idea. I mean, it's, you know, everything has
1: flowed from that first 1977 star Wars, you know, the the eight more movies, uh, if I'm counting right, came out of that. Um, so that's a lot. And, but it also, it shows the power of that original film and you know, it's really hard to like start something new, uh, that has that kind of lasting appeal where you can like iterate off of it in, in different ways. So, so I, I don't know. I, I think they, I mean, the fact as we mentioned at the very beginning, that the, a a key aspect, a key plot point in this movie happened in a Fortnite uh, video game uh, is interesting and maybe points towards um, you know, the future of this kind of stuff where it's like, I, I've never played Fortnite, but I assume part of Fortnite is that you can like buy like power ups and stuff and like make your character better or whatever. So that's, a way to extract money from people yeah. kind of like gambling, like they're called microtransactions. Well, yeah. 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 So, so yeah. They're, it's shady, especially when the people are not like legal adults who are, who are, who are doing it. Um, and it also like, you know, it plays on like addictive behavior. So that, so that kind of stuff. And you know, if they get, you know, they'd rather have, like 10 million people playing Fortnite and buying power-ups every day than like going to see the, going to see the movie, I assume. Yeah. So, so that that's one direction it could take. I, I but I mean, I, so I, um, I'm, I haven't seen the Mandalorian, but it seems like people have really liked it. And that would, that is somewhat surprising to me because uh, I would have thought this would have been uh, crappy, but so I'm looking forward to checking that one out. And I don't know. I mean, it's, like I said, it it was a singular vision of Lucas for so long. He made he made three good movies, and then he made three bad movies, and then they made one good movie, and then they made two bad movies. That's how I, that's how I would rank it. So it's it's uh, like it's four to five, five to four, which way you rank it, and you know, so that's uh, you know that's not an amazing track record. But if you just go back to the original three, then like they you know they really hold up, and yeah. So so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, fair enough. Um, okay, so why don't we why don't we end it there? Um, maybe, maybe this is our last conversation on Star Wars ever. But I I have a sense that they're going to keep on pumping these things I, out I, because they make I money. I
0: hope, if I'm being honest, I hope it isn't. But only if they can do it well. Um, it bothers me. I don't like seeing something this beloved, kind of accumulate a lot of bad. Um, installments um, um, because I do think it ultimately eventually diminishes the whole thing. And so I really do kind of hope that if they do do it, they do it better than this. My worry is just that I think that they're doing things too much in reaction to to fandom. I really think artists need to make the things they want to make. And if they're good, they will have an audience. But you cannot do things by art by surveys right you just can't and I thought this was a survey movie like this was like oh god everybody was pissed off about Last Jedi we better fix it and what you got was a kind of a movie made by a committee it felt like that just really wasn't good and was a very disappointing ending to something that started 40 years ago I mean it's it's it it hurts a little bit um, if you care about it you know so I, I I hope they make more, but I really hope they they think very hard about it before they just do something like this. But
1: <laughs> um, I I doubt they're going to think all that hard um, because they want to <laughs> because they want to cash in. And probably the next installment will be a video it will be like instead of a movie, it's like a video game movie hybrid or something where you need to buy all the power ups like people watching or something. Um, what are you guys coming next, Aria? Um. In terms, on in, in terms of the um, uh, heads. Yeah. Uh, yeah. upcoming episodes, I hope to record an episode, um, hopefully later today, that um, will be airing in the not too distant future uh, about um, uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, with uh, oh, great! I won't mention the person in case uh, in case it doesn't work out, but we'll see how we'll see if that oh, one great. That's comes great. And then I have a couple ones. I have one that I'm trying to put together on uh the idea of the great american novel and um, oh, and
0: then one on the irishman the uh, the netflix uh, score oh now i have oh gosh damn it now i'm jealous I, <laughs> I I have a lot to say about the irishman interesting okay great that's wonderful are you doing that with milton no not with milton um it will be with a, a new guest who wrote about it i won't say his name in case it doesn't come together but um hopefully that one will come together i want to do something with milton on the new watchman um have you watched the new watchman yes Another trouble. Maybe think about, <laughs> how about maybe a three-way Maybe maybe
1: yeah another tr- another a, another one where you had a singular vision in an original version that is universally beloved and then they make another version and it
0: <laughs> just can't. But here the interesting thing here is that there is a, there is a pretty decent very very positive reaction. Um, um, there's an, a lot of people who like this very much, including Milton. And so um, I, I do think that there are interesting things to talk about there. Um, um, if So give it a thought anyway, um, okay. and I'll talk to Milton about it also. Um, but um, anyway, sounds good what you have on deck. I unfortunately um, – I'm going back home to New York tomorrow to deal with more health problems with my now 92-year-old father. I, so I don't have anything on deck. This is the last thing. I, I, I'm not planning anything right now because I don't know how long this is going to go on. So. Okay. So – but what you have coming on sounds really interesting. So I'm looking forward to that.
1: Okay, Well, thank you and um, uh, thanks for one more Star Wars conversation. Um, Maybe the last, maybe not the last. Uh, Thanks to all of our viewers and listeners. Uh, uh, Have a good um, New Year's and uh, uh, rate and view on iTunes, blah, blah, blah. Uh, We'll see you later. Bye. Thank you, Arya.